Welcome, welcome to Nuanced Insights and more with your host JB Nevari. I'm so excited that you're catching yet another episode on Nuanced Insights and more. I've been quiet for some time, but I'm back. I'm back with fire content. And this is the first official video on our YouTube channel. Um, please be sure, this is the first time I'm doing this, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and click on your notification bell so that when we upload good content, you always get it up front. Um, and um, otherwise, I'm also on other podcasting platforms, um, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Please be sure to catch on the content on those platforms and also subscribe um, on those podcasts. Um, I've been on a series on navigating transitions Started it deep into the year around, I think, May, April, and it's been going on until now. And even today, um, this episode is still on navigating transitions. But as, as, I've, as I always do today, I'm not alone. Uh, I've got some interesting guests um, that I've brought onto the show to have this conversation on navigating transitions. Um, but I've also called through my brother, you know. Um, I think I called him a couple of episodes back, beginning of, of, of the podcast. Uh, we did a, an installment on confronting deficits. Uh, so as we're preparing, as I was conceptualizing this, as where do we take this navigating transitions conversation? I was like, no, should call through my brother. Uh, so I've, I have Mota joining me here. Welcome, Sidwell, to, to, to this episode of Nuance. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be back. Uh, it means I behaved the first time there. You did. You tried your best. Uh, <laughs> you tried your best. We did the confronting deficits, and then we also did um, the live the live version where we had Ndav and Tandokazi, and you were also there. And I think that was quite a good conversation. Mm. Indeed. And I thought, no, let me bring you over so that we, we host our special guest together today. Um, and, um, so I met this lady at church, right? Um, and then we had a leadership seminar. She was one of the speakers. And was, it, was not, it was not the first time I had a speak, uh, at that seminar, but yeah, that day I was literally blown away. And then the, the nail on the coffin was when she did a preaching for, for our pastor on one of the Sunday services. And she just killed it. She was just talking about glorifying God in our work. I was just like, this this woman is a powerhouse. Is a powerhouse. So I was like, no, let me let me shoot my shot and let's try get her onto the onto the podcast. And today we have Ipelecheng um, Tipedi. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much. Um, it is an honor to be here. I did say to you, and I responded that. Um, one day when this is big and famous, it, it, it will be my, my duty. I would have done my duty. I can easily call and say, hey, <laughs> remember me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, we're going far. We believe we're going far. Yeah. No, you are, you are. You yeah, are, so thank you, you so are. much for coming. Eh? I'm very excited. Uh, I, I, yeah, our interactions um, yeah. when you did a couple of presentations and just getting to know you mm. has been, I don't know what kind of an experience, but it's been so value-adding. Um, so to have you coming here on the podcast today is, is quite is quite special. But I have your bio here just for introduction. So let me just read it before we go into the into the conversation. Um, so 
Ipeleke Ntipedi um, is the CEO of Weber Shandwick Africa, which she joined in March 2020. And she brings over 18 years of experience in communication and business development. Her expertise lies in strategic communications for both consumer and business-to-business -business markets, as well as media relations. She excels in forming creative and strategic communication teams and specializing in C-suits transitions, which is where we are, <laughs> right? Uh, brand development, crisis and reputation management, digital and social communication, stakeholder management and sustainability. That's a lot of stuff mm. that you've I'm done. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of stuff that you've done. How has it been? No, it's been great. I think... Um, and I think that's why, you know, I love talking about things like transition. I think it, it's it's such an, an an amazing experience when you can sort of pivot, you know, in your life and look at different things that you want to do. I always say I was lecturing at uh, University of Pretoria last week and I was saying to them, you're third year students, but your lives are going to Google each other 15 years from now. Mm. You're going to be in different um uh, um, um, scenarios in terms of work and experience. So I think if you've got an opportunity, it's important to, I sort of fell on sponsorships. I didn't study them, but I just, I stumbled upon when I was in the U.S. You know, someone said I should do it. I started doing it and then it became a passion. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I sort of started diversifying and nothing is ever wasted. So whatever you end up doing, at the end, when you become smarter, you can sort of calculate and incorporate all your experiences into one. So um, so it's been an experience. Yeah, it's say. been. It's yeah. been. And you've just done a lot. Eh? Mm. The number of organizations that you... Some are some... Like some... Okay, I do see where they come to... But some are like worlds apart. Mm. But somehow mm. you've, you've... And I think we're going to go into, mm. go into that. But I recently learned you also got a board... What appointment! Yes, uh, congratulations! Yes. Thank you that. so much. Um, you. Yeah, it's really, it's really great that you are here with us. But you know, at that leadership summit that we had, you just, you just mentioned it in passing, uh, and I think that's what I was like. Okay, I, I need to have a conversation with, with, with EP. You, you, you were talking about um, part of the work that you do, mm. and mm. how you characterize what you do. You were like you, you work with executives. Mm in helping them navigate the and th this is what caught my attention the vicious cycle of transition that's right why 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 do you characterize transitions like that so actually i borrowed that from it might be in this book the first 90 days i'm not sure if it's the first 90 days or if it's um good to great okay. by jim collins yeah. one of them speaks about um uh, sort of when you transition, but in a different context. Yeah. And because I work with executives, every time I read, you know, I borrow um, theories and then I use them in a different way. But um, the whole thing is really around when you move into your role, and I'm actually happy we have this conversation mm. to sort of dumb it down to any level. And then obviously when you get to an executive level. Sure. But the idea is that um, when you become, a, when you transition into a role, there are two I almost want to say enemies at play. Okay. There's navigation around business okay. and there's navigation around people, which we'll unpack when oh, we talk. Okay. So, um, and people are at the center of your success in terms of transitioning. Because while the assumption is that when you become a manager or when you become a senior manager, or when you become an executive, the assumption is that in terms of the business, um, yourself is intact, which you will unpack at some point, because there's, there's sort of what I like to classify as self, which is self-discovery, self-awareness and discipline. That's the you part and in the equation of the success in transitioning. 
then there's a navigation around people and around business. But the people are at the sort of the they're the main part of how you transition. So when you get into a business, you quickly learn. And I always say, especially to executives, that when you when you when you're doing a role, you're either in depth or you're in breadth. Okay. So I'm a CEO, so it's about breadth. Oh. I don't need to know anything oh, in detail. Okay, okay, so okay. it's breadth. I need to know things from a political landscape, from a cultural landscape. My main point is to influence. That's the base of my my job. But when you are in, um, whether in processes or it's about depth, when you're a CA, it's about depth. When you're a CFO, it's about depth. You need to know the numbers. I don't need to know the, the, the depth of the yeah. numbers. I just need to know, you know, what is my profit margin? What is my revenue? You know, how much are we spending on? Yeah. But the CFO needs to dissect every single line, right? So it, it's very important to know, is your role depth and is your role breadth? Mm. Okay, and once you get that, you need to quickly learn. So in your role, you need to quickly learn what are the political landscape of a department that you're sort of now part of? What are the cultural landscapes? What are the, you know, what are people interested in? What worked before? And then also you need to quickly diagnose the business that you're running, the STARS model, which you're going to unpack. I'm bringing all these things so that, you know, at some point then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. But if you don't learn, you make bad decisions. That's the point of the vicious cycle. If you don't learn, you make bad decisions. If you make bad decisions, you will lose credibility. And and if you lose credibility, you will have resistance because people are like, eh, I'm not sure, you know, and, and, and you're not making the right decisions. And the right, the right decisions being maybe you're hiring the wrong people that are coming into the team. Maybe you are firing the wrong people. Maybe you are, you are making bad decisions about acquisitions or whatever it is that you're making a bad decision of, you will then have, you lose credibility, you'll have resistance. And when you have resistance, you don't have, you, you have lack of alliances. And remember I said, the main thing is about having strong relationships. So if you have lack of alliances, you will have ineffective relationship building. And if you have ineffective relationship building, you can't influence people. If you can't influence people, they're not gonna, you're not gonna gather the troops. They're not gonna be able to, to function. So I'll leave it late. I'll leave sure. it there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you, you mentioned three parts, Skippy. Okay, yes. The self, and we assume that the self is intact before we speak about the people in the business. That's right. Can you just maybe label on that before JB takes you away? Okay. So on the self, um, we always speak about self-discovery, self-awareness, and, and discipline. And I always say to people, my favorite line, you know, even at work in my office, someone wrote it down there and said, EP verse, chapter one, verse one. Because wow. <laughs> I always say, what you don't confront has the right to stay. Uh, That's my favorite thing. Uh, what you don't confront has the right to stay. So even as a... As a CEO, when I work with executives, the same issues that they had when they were managers, they don't go away. Mm. If, you, if you're not oh, able okay. to discipline yourself okay. as a manager, as a, the higher you go, you will struggle to discipline yourself. Yeah. And how I unpack it even with executives is to first, my first hour is to talk about them. Who are you? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have so that we can know how are we going to navigate into your transition? How do you also keep that intact? Because um, you know, in leadership, they talk about a system. The system is a reflection of the system leader. So whatever you see, whether it's a church, whether it's an organization, whether it's a school, it's a reflection of the person who's leading it. If they're not intact, if they're anxious, if they then the, the system will be like that. There's no way the system can be an opposite of the system leader. So self is critical in how you do it. And and one of the some of the things I unpacked there is my favorite thing that I stole from Lufthansa Harrington, Yohari's window, which speaks about the four quadrants, quadrants of a human person in terms of the relationship with self and they say human person has four quadrants which is um, the things that are known about you the blind spot quadrant the things that are not known about you and the things that are yet to be discovered but the one ah! 
<laughs> but the one that needs to be, um, that is important in self is the blind spot. Wow. And he's, and the, the two psychologists says the blind spot should be the smallest quadrant of the four quadrants. But how the blind spot becomes smaller and the other three becomes bigger is by feedback. So if people give you feedback, you know, you need to learn to do this or maybe watch the tone and talk to people when you talk to your subordinates or, you know, maybe give people feedback on email. You know, those kind of things, they make your blind spot smaller because you're aware of them. When you're aware of them, you address them. Then you have less and less lack of self-awareness. So that's important. And then I talked about the little bit of breadth and depth, yeah. that it's important to know if you are in the breadth or if you're in a depth. And then it's also important to know how, um, where are you your highest? Are you a morning person? Are you a late person? And that way you're able to function better. If like I'm a natural night owl, if I'm on holiday, if it's a weekend, I'll sleep at midnight or whatever, but my job requires me to be an early bird. So I have a discipline. I even have an alarm at nine that reminds me of a 9.30 shutdown because naturally my body won't shut down. And then the minute I do that, I become, you know, I'm able to, to sort of sleep and whatever. So these are some of the key things that are very important in, in building self. self. Yeah, and then the, dis the discipline ca comes with carving your discipline. Yeah. So knowing this is family time, this is, I've got, a, I've got a friend, she's married to a very successful man, but he never works at home. He's done that for many years. He says, when I'm at work, that means I must be focused. I must be focused. I'd rather even work until 7 p.m. But when I get home, it's time for the kids, time for my wife. If I need to work on a Saturday, he quickly then goes to the study, shuts down. And so carving that discipline, knowing when to read. You know, I always say that things that make you great are things you do. Uh, nobody pays you for them and you have to do them outside of your normal job. So reading and whatever, you have to carve. I started reading by reading 10 pages a day. That's how I became a lover of reading. Mm -hmm. I read 10 pages a day for a very, very long time. And then over that, I started developing that habit. So you have to carve your discipline but you have to force yourself to be disciplined. So these are some of the things about self-discovery, self-awareness, and discipline. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And, and more importantly, because I think most of the audience that loyally follow this, right, will be in their depth stage. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, we are. We'll have exceptions of breath, guys. That's right. But we are dealing with depth people. That's right. Um, but, but Mota, I think, I think you, you, you recently... Um, went into a role that brings in a people management aspect to yep. it. Um, coming from a specialist sort of yep. like work that is more, you, you, you don't have to manage people, yep. you don't have to manage politics. And then you went into that from your experience, yep. right? I know EBS has thrown some executive thoughts. Yeah, Let's try bring those down mm. and in your own journey, yeah. Let's try see where do you think probably the pain points yeah. for us young ones mm. who are young talent who are probably then coming from um, spe specialist roles and who are beginning to break into into these kinds of roles where we have to manage people, manage stakeholders, manage what? what yeah. Where are the pain points? I think I think she's onto into onto the dollar because the stuff that she has touched on and that she's about to deep dive in will touch on those areas. Yeah. For me, as I was transitioning to being a people manager, that has been one of the toughest transitions of my life mm. because when she speaks about um, the, the losing of credibility because of some of the bad decisions that you have you have made, I have bent my fingers on that, right? Uh, not understanding the different uh, stakeholders and how they will influence <coughs> your world. Um, so I think she's onto the money and I would, I would love her to just um, 
to just touch on those and then I will double click as yeah. I feel the pain in my body as you speak. I mean, you, you, your, your, your exp- what you do now is more on an executive level, right? But from a, from, from our world, mm. where do you think the problem is the pain points might be in terms of navigating? Because I think, I think this is crucially important, not only for people who have stepped in to those kind of roles, mm. moving from specific mm. roles, going into mm. more leadership roles mm. at a middle level, but not knowing how to navigate those, it's important even before I go into them. So probably that kind of knowledge is what will assist me to mm. break in. Mm. And then when I break in, I begin to... Where, where do you think the pain points mm. are? I think going back to what Mota was saying now around... Because um, people are... I mean, they're critical, but they're the most challenging. You know, if we, if you just had to... If you're operating, the doctor does not have challenges, they're operating. The challenges, if they know that if they have the knowledge, that person is not interrupting. But when you lead and the person is also like pushing back, I mean, I'll give you a stupid example. Yeah. I was looking at the whole thing about the president and having to decide on which day it's going to be a holiday. Yeah. That's a very challenging <laughs> thing because there's 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 the students to consider. Yeah. If he does a holiday, then there's an impact with failing and whatever. You know, there's a whole lot of things he had to consider outside of Monday is cold because everyone was like, Monday is cold. Monday's We're cool, tired. Yeah. We watched the game till midnight. <laughs> this is the most important day where you should be giving us a holiday. So it's a very difficult thing with people. But what I always say to executives, which applies to any level when you work with Mm. people, do a relationship mapping with the people that you're going to be working with. Classify them in two categories. Who are my advocates? Who are my adversaries? Adversary doesn't mean it's an enemy. It doesn't necessarily mean it's someone who... Because um, to deal with an enemy, it's easy. If they're not buying into a vision and they're pushing back and they want to sabotage, it's easy. You can get rid of them, right? It, adversary could be someone who, um, they just challenge you. Maybe maybe because they've got a different agenda, they've had a different agenda. Maybe they've worked in the business for 30 years, so they know 30 different ways of why it won't work. So they're consti- consistently challenging you. Because sometimes you can turn an adversary into an advocate oh. and sometimes... An advocate can become an adversary if you lose credibility. So it's very important to understand who are the people who know what. So who's going to provide me insight? Remember I spoke about political and cultural dynamics. You need someone to give you that information. Who's going to be your go-to person? Who's going to provide you counsel? You know, just a touch point. Who's going to give you support? Who's going to then give you different skills that you don't have? Because as a leader, you're a human. You don't know everything. So it's about looking at the gap. So do a skills gap quickly. And these things are very quick. You know, um, f- the first 90 days speaks about quick wins. Mm. Quick wins. When you get into a role, there must be things that are a quick win. Where you're like, I'm going to do this in the first month, do it in the second month. The quick wins, they're simple, ne? Mm. They are the ones that are building your credibility. Because people want to see... They want fruit. They want tangible results that, oh, this person knows what they're doing. So if you do a relationship mapping and you're like, okay, these are my advocates. They're going to provide me different insights in this. These these are my adversaries. Normalize check-in. So, for example, one of the things that I do when I get into a role, and I've always done that, I have a one-on-one half an hour with the the people that are very important, different levels that are are important. Mm -hmm. And some of the questions I ask them is, if you were me, what would you do? Right? Everybody's going to give a different thing of what if they were me. Why do they think never worked with the previous leader? That's how you're building your own strategy. Don't get in there and you're trying to do it on your own or you're asking the three people that are reporting into you. No, ask a group of people. Why do you think this person, what would you have done? You're not trying to make the person look bad, but 
What do you think worked in this previous role? What do you think didn't work? What would you like to see happen? Those are the things that you start now implementing to gain credibility. Sure. Remember, the whole sure. thing is to have a troop of people yeah. that are in support yeah. of your role. So if we can normalize a relationship mapping um, with people and trying to quickly turn whether it's adversaries into advocates or to keep the advocate in terms of credibility. And one of the things I was saying, I was actually in Cape Town last week and, and, and I was sharing with a group of entrepreneurs and, and, and I was saying to them, one of the things that I've learned is that trust is built in two different ways, right? Okay. Some groups build trust through relationships. Some groups build, build, build trust through credibility. Mm. So it's very important to know who builds trust through credibility, sure. who builds trust through relationship and quickly get on that. And then the most important thing is to always repay trust with excellence mm. so oh. that you keep oh. that trust. Oh. Yeah. I, I want to deep dive on the adversaries, right? Because she's fighting. She's, she's, she's too much, Jay. She's, she's too much. I want to deep dive on the adversaries, right? Because adversaries are tricky because they're borderline, right? Yeah. Most enemies will not come across as enemies Mm. outright they may be adversaries because they're influential in the system they're the thought leaders that have kept the system they've got the most ip of this of the so they've also have the greatest ability to sabotage you That's right. as a leader coming into the system because they've got that influence and leverage with the people right how do i as a new leader navigate that practically with my adversaries Right, I have a new vision, and potentially they don't think the new vision is the greatest, mm. or the new vision tempers with the anchor of their influence in the team. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of reduces it because maybe it shifts the direction from where the direction is at. How do I handle that practically? I think um, in terms of adversaries, it's always important to deal with them also one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. I remember, I think it was 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I think it's that book where um, John C. Maxwell speaks about a person who was, was not the one with the position, but was the one who was the one at the background people are listening to. Yeah. So it's also very important to identify those people. Because sometimes you've got an adversary, but they're not influential. And it's like that one on Instagram with two followers. So even if they say something bad about a business, <laughs> the business shouldn't worry. It's immaterial. Uh, it's right? immaterial. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to reshare yeah. re re that thing. No one's going to put it on. You know, but, but if they've got a got good support, because essentially the whole point is always to think about the bigger group of people and the influence. So I always say, tackle people one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. Listen to them. So even the adversary. I've always, in any role that I've walked in, found an adversary. Always. They, and you, you, you spot on. Most of the time, they've been in the business for 10 years, 30 years. They're the engine of that department or engine of that business. They know things that you don't know. And that's why it's also very important to shadow people. So that's one of the things I do. Mm. When I get into the role, I shadow people. Like, I want to know so that if you hit by a bus tomorrow, I know how I replace you. That's a key element. I'm not going to replace you, but I need to know how you do your job so that tomorrow something happens. There's no human dependency. Aha. Uh -huh. And I don't make a, a, a bad choice by replacing you because I don't have enough information of what you sure, did. Sure. So I'm also equipping myself. So I like to share to people, but then in terms of the adversaries, have one-on-one -on -one with them and understand what keeps them awake at night. Why do they have that vision? Why did they keep that agenda? Incorporate. So I never like to make decisions or, or changes quickly. Because the system has operated in a certain way for a long time. So when you come in, you need to treat it carefully. You first, you know, clean the oil. You focus on the oil. Then you look at the engine. You don't come in now and you say dismantle. Hold the entire engine. We need to change this thing now. This car is not working. No, it doesn't work because that's how sure. you lose credibility. Because some people, 
and especially in the lower levels, they don't know certain information you have at the senior level. So there may be an adversary that only the senior people know is an adversary, but at the bottom line, people respect them. So you can't change them. You're going to lose the credibility with everybody else at the bottom. So you need to be very careful with how to navigate. That's why I use the word political. Business is very, very political. Sure, sure. It's very, very political. So you have to make sure you are in the end. And I've never been, even when I was a manager, I, you know, I eat lunch at the office or I eat, you know, I'm never, I, I, it's very difficult for me to like have friends and sort of, I like to just work and get on with it. So how I have to do it is when I have my one-on-one -on -one to be present, to build that relationship, to normalize it. I'm very happy to have a one-on-one -on -one every week or every month, however you want. So I'm very good at building that one relationship, but I'm not good with the masses of politics. So then I have to navigated one-on-one. -on -one. Remember the self, mm, self-awareness. Sure. I know my weakness. I'm not, a, I'm not good at, I can't walk in a room and then network and I walk out with 10 cards and I spoke to the most important people. But if I talk to two people, I will make sure that those two people are very key to the future and those two people will introduce me to the other eight I didn't speak to. I know my weakness. I don't have that personality. So it's very important to know. But in terms of those advocates, those adversaries, listen to them. People like to be heard. Listen to them, understand why they want what they want, but to a point, because you're also there to fulfill a vision. And if at some point when you've done it all, it doesn't work, then it will be better. The one thing I want to close with that is one of the reasons that we have a problem with is that if your adversary knows more than you, then you have people are threatened. So when I speak of ourself, please, please, please. when you have an adversary that knows more than you, you become threatened. Okay. So some people rush to get rid of the adversary because they think it makes them look incompetent because they don't know the thing. Mm. So it comes to the thing that I also always say, that there are two people at war in you as you lead. There's the inner me and then there's the enemy. So make sure oh. that the inner me is intact. And one of the examples I speak about is a pipe. I say if there's a pipe and that pipe is dirty, that pipe is the inner unit, the inside of the pipe is dirty, and you've got water that's crystal clear, Whatever, Woolies Water, Bonacqua, Nestle, let me pluck my client in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of, or, 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 or Valbre, whatever water yeah. it is. If you pour it into that, when that water comes out, it's dirty. It's dirty. The pipe can't blame the water because the water is fine. The issue is the pipe. Sure. So if you've got an inner me issue, it's very difficult. If that water is the adversary and the pipe is you, you can't, it's very difficult if your pipe is dirty to know if the water has something wrong, as in the adversary is there to sabotage you or not. Mm. So even if the sabotage gives a good idea, but in a bad malice, you can't discern that that idea will be fruitful for you because you've got the issue with your pipe that is dirty. So in leadership, in management, it's very important to deal with your own issues, your self-adequacy, your, your imposter syndrome. You know, there's a lot of issues we deal with as human beings. You know, I'm the only woman in the room. I'm the only black person in the room. Mm. All of those things, deal with them so that if that adversary or the water is someone of a different culture, of a different race, of a different, of a different gender, you are not um, blinded by your own issues, then you can clearly see that this is definitely an adversary. They are here to sabotage me. Their vision is not on board with mine. Therefore, they have to go. But if you've got your issues, you will lose great people. You should be able to work with anyone, even people. I love it. They know. I love people who challenge me. In my, They challenge me, and then after a good debate, I'm like, I'm like, all right, now I'm making an executive decision. This was fun, but now we're going this way. I'm still going my way. And they're very happy with that because they know I heard them, and they know that I considered them, and they know I told them different ways. I mean, I was on a call last night with some of the team, and I interrogated. Sometimes they were feeling like I was unfair, but I was like, convince me. This is what I'm saying. Convince me. So you have to sweat 
and then we can move forward. So deal, the self is a very important part of leadership. If you can deal with that, you will know if people are really for you or against you. If you don't deal with it, you will get rid of people who, maybe they don't like you, but they like this business. That's good enough to partner. That's good enough to partner. Sure. I love you. Wow, Sisips, wow, yeah. Like you've That's just said, stuff. you've just said a lot That's of great stuff. Like we can just stop here and, not, and just dig into what you've said. But I mean, if you have not subscribed at this point, this is the point to press subscribe, <laughs> right? Because people pay great monies to That's get right. this consultation That's for one right. on one. So right. uh, thank you, thank absolutely, you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But but here's here's the thing. Ne? What 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 you're what you're talking on, Sisips? I think it it circles a lot around the individual and their leadership mm. and, and how they view themselves. And I think that is extremely important. And I love how you've just navigated mm. around it, uh, around your talking points. Mm. But let's, let's probably, let me probably bring you to a context where you have a young, talented individual who probably has not gotten some of these things on lockdown. Mm. Um, you know, actually most of our peers, Mota, yeah. um, they, our peers, some of our peers and the people around us, they take it takes them time to acknowledge the role of knowing how to navigate what we call mm. politics. Mm. Yeah. So their their relationship mapping usually catches up with them when they've made bad decisions mm -hmm. and they've handled themselves badly because they never took politics quite uh, seriously. Sometimes um, the bridges are bent maybe because your your technicals were not mm. so much on point. Mm. Probably your self-reflection, mm. your blind spots, you were not paying attention to those. Mm. But you, you somewhat broke in to, to the leadership level, but you did not handle it well. And your transition just messed you up. Mm. I'm sitting and I'm listening to this. I realize where I messed it up. Mm. What, what must I do? Must I resign? <laughs> <laughs> No, how do I bounce back? <laughs> it's never too late, um, and I think you you're spot on in that a lot of it has to do with you, the yeah. individual, and then the, the the people, right? The relationship. So I think w when you realize that you made wrong decisions, or when you realize that like you're almost at a point of no return, that you know things are bad. Nobody, I've lost credibility. I've got resistance. I now don't even have good relationships. You know, nobody wants to really... The people who are my advocates are now my adversaries. Yeah. How do I go back? You go back to the start of the cycle as if you are starting the new the, the role. You do the things you would have done if you started. Mm. You have to... Sure. It, 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 let me give you a practical example. If they build a house and the foundation was not intact and they built, what do they do? They have to break it down and start again. Start again. You can't... You can't dodge it. You can't, you, can't, you can't be like, okay, let's make the walls thicker. The problem is the foundation does not, it cannot handle the walls. So even if you, uh, even if you make... Making the thing more... Yeah, you, exactly. You are not even sabotaging it even more. So it's very important to go back to the system. What is it that I'm supposed to be knowing that I don't know? Because there are many angles that has to do with... Because yes, the, the, the assumption was that I could do this role... And the difficulty is that as you grow, the certain roles that you start doing. I mean, when I was at Deloitte, there are certain roles that I did when I led um, the Innovation Hub. Mm. I, I mean, I knew nothing about that thing. I didn't know what the strategists were doing. I didn't know what the solution designers were doing. I didn't know what the tech guys were doing. I didn't know how that system operated. So I had to quickly, you know, talk about the quick, the quick wins. My first 90 days were critical. Okay. You know, be, remember we talk about discipline? Yeah. Be disciplined. Write a whole map around your... It's not for your boss. It's not for your KPIs. 
it's for you to say in the first 90 days, this is very important. This is the people I'm going to This I'm, I need to, to know. This is the things I need to know about the job. This is what I'm going to execute. This is the meetings I'm going to have. This is what I'm going to execute from those meetings. And keep checking, you know, cross-checking that you're doing all of those things so that by the after the first 90 days, then you start building. So if you didn't do that and you've, you've lost credibility, you start from the beginning. What is it that I'm supposed to be knowing? Going back to the relationships, having one-on-one and having real conversations. Okay, mm-hmm. I think now... You know, we we at a point where it's a year or it's two, we didn't do well. What do you think I should have done? You go back to the questions you would have asked mm, when you started, but you're tweaking them. Sure. What do you think I should have done if you were me right now and where I am? Because the people who are your advocates, the chances are they know how to turn this thing around. They're just mm. not in that seat. Mm. There are people who are closet managers or closet CEOs or closet CFOs or closet CEOs. That means by virtue of qualification or personality or whatever, they'll never get that role. But in the closet, they are the person. Mm. You, you have them there and you become the face. Sure. You become the face. Sure. So it's a lot about humility. It's a lot about working with people and understanding that I don't know everything and giving credit where it's due to say, you know, I'm working with so-and-so. They're great. They're my great partner. We're building this thing together. You know, the, the, the leadership staff shouldn't be very militant around. This is the way it's going to go. Everybody, work, you know, you work with me, you jump ship. If you work like that, <laughs> it's not going to work. So if you've made wrong decisions, you start again with your leaders. You start to understand. And there's something you know in the last year that maybe you've ignored. Then you have to go back and look at, you know, what worked, what didn't work with the people. Um, but most of the times when people really fail, and I've seen it happen, mm. and where there's no point of no return is the self. It's less mm. the leadership, is the self. Sure. Because you don't have the discipline. Oh. I always say between knowing and doing, that's where most fail, this gap. Sure. People know what to do but they don't, do, they don't do what they need to do. So that, that gap, that's where most fail. So the discipline is where most fail. The self-awareness is where most fail, where people think their strengths are their weaknesses. You know, when you're, even when you're a junior, we interview you. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? But as you get older, we don't use those terms. But it's really understanding that what is a success in one role can truly be an liability in the next. Mm. You're a CA. You can be a CFO. And that can make you a successful person because you're qualified, you understand the numbers. Then you become a CEO. Yeah. You shouldn't be worried about the numbers. The numbers become a liability. You're supposed to be worried about strategy. You're supposed to be worried about politics. You're supposed to be worried. Now you need to know the other elements that you didn't know. And being what was successful in the one can be a liability in the other. So how do you quickly pivot? So that is where most people fail. Sure. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And this is hard because, I mean, even the laws of physics talk about the uh, a body in motion will want to maintain a particular direction. That's right. And, you know, and, and it speaks about the law of inertia that because this is what I'm good at and this is what it has took for me to get here, I almost have this inclination to continue doing it because I think it's going to make me successful in the next role. Mm. In the next role, I must be less of a, I must be more wide and yeah, less deep, yeah. right? Because mm. maybe of the role that I'm playing, mm. right? I would like to know, Sis EP, please give me a template of a conversation that I must have with one of my tech leads, for example, that I would have bent a relationship with. And now I want to really go back and say, let's redo this. I messed up. Yeah. So uh, I think. In terms of the tech, in that case, there's someone who's leading tech or there's someone who's leading manufacturing. So it's it's a skill it's a skill skill set. Yeah, they're, they're technical expertise, yeah. they're but technical. I manage them, right? Uh-huh. So the the chances are you don't have that expertise that Co- they correct. have, right? So what I would ask them 
is explain to me, give me the model of your day-to-day -day of your job. Give me the model. Give me how you work, right? Mm -hmm. Then they must unpack that for you. And then ask them what keeps you awake at night according to your model. Because what keeps you awake at night is not what, what keeps them, them awake at night. Yeah. So you need to ask them, what keeps you awake at night with this? What do you need to succeed? Because sometimes maybe they're frustrated because the business is not in support of wh whatever they need to buy mm. to make that division a success. And if you don't know that, you can't even go and be the advocate and go and try to convince leadership to, to, to invest in your business. So what keeps them awake at night? What, would, what does success look like? What does, in an ideal world, mm. what does success look yeah. like? Let them dream. Yeah, let them yeah. dream. What does success look like? Okay, what, what hinders you right now? In getting into the success what are the stumbling blocks in us getting into that big picture so you've allowed them to tell you their strategy because you've allowed them one of the things i like to say is that um you are your own you own the business that you lead you own it you own it so if you come to me and you tell me the strategy my job is to provide counsel and to be the devil's advocate to say okay this probably won't work mm. because of one two three so that, like for example what i was saying last night when i met with the team they have some they had some ideas and i was coming from an objective point where i was like i'm not buying this mm. i'm not convinced because this is before they go to the client so i'm interrogating them like mm, if the client thinks like me this is what they're going to say but if they don't think like me this is what they're probably going to say so i'll be that advocate that counsel that devil, devil's advocate you know that interrogation that thinking panel for them right allow them to rethink the thing that you're asking them and then say to them okay this is what i'm going to do so go back and see how do you support them to say this is what i think i can do based on what we have if there's no way if the ideal is is not realistic like the business will never support yeah. then you say okay this is not realistic let's talk about what's realistic like i'm very pragmatic so i like big picture stars and the clouds and then i say okay this is the land of the living let's come back here yeah what makes it a real thing sure. here yeah, I, I, I like that. But what I would have done there is I would have unlocked value. I would have removed the bottlenecks, right? That's right. But I would, I've not recently mended the relationship itself. That's right. So I, maybe I need one more tip around how do I mend the actual relationship with the persona outside of the responsibility and removing the bottlenecks and unlocking value for us to deliver value to business. So unlock, that, unlock a bonus. Unlo <laughs> <laughs> I think get to know the person. I think get to know the person. Get to know the person. One of my favorite things that I say, and I say this in a church context, I say this in a business context, you have to always win people to you before you can win them to anything you are selling. Oh. If you are selling a vision, if you are selling potatoes, if you are selling books, I must win you to me. You must first, sure. I must win you to me. You must buy into me mm. before you buy into whatever it is that I'm bringing. So... They have to buy into you, Marta, before your leadership, before your... Because nobody cares about... They had someone else before. That seed, remember, that seed has been... People have come and gone. So that they, if they have no respect of that seed, ah, you're no different. People have come and gone in that seed. You know, so unless you find someone who respects the throne, they will respect the throne and people can come and go and they will continue to respect that throne. So it's very important... Is that speaking to you? <laughs> so it's very important to win to win them to you. And how do you do that? Is it a call? Is it a check-in call? Is it a lunch now and again? Is it a knowing to, is it getting to know who they are? Who are they married to? Who are their wives? Who they, like I'm bad with names and all of that, but you'll never know that in my, and they always say that, you know, they always say, cause I'm very hard on performance, but I'm very soft on people. I balance it with being soft on people cause I'm very hard on performance. When it, when it comes to results and working, I don't play, you yeah. know? But I have to balance it with who is the person behind 
doing the work, you know. Like even when I was a manager back in the day, I remember I was very hard, but people were never scared to say, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm late, taxis, you know, I, I'm very human. And again, going back to the self is knowing what are you going to sustain. Don't start something now and then you're not going to maintain it. If it's not you, don't do it. Find another thing that works with your personality. Like, um, I remember when we were at Deloitte, there was a, I worked with someone who we were very different. And same level, but very different. And people treated us very differently in that, you know, people always said, I'm always smiling and, you know, the other person was very serious and whatever. But there are pros and cons for both. The person who's very serious, people will never disrespect them. People will never will take them serious, will never not take them seriously. Yeah. But the con to that is that the person behind, they're always scared. They can't tell them their personal issues. They can't bring it to the table. Me, on the other hand, because I'm always smiling and whatever, you know, people can come. People can, a manager, even in my office now, can open the door and start chit-chatting. Oh, you be, oh, you. It's, the, it's the bad. The problem is sometimes people don't know yeah. when to reverse yeah. and take it seriously. So I have to remind them. But it's something that I chose over the years. And I've always evaluated the type of leader I want to be. And I've always said, I don't want to be that other leader because I can't maintain it. It bothers me when people can't come talk to me. It doesn't bother the other person. That's how they were wired. Mm. It bothers me. So because it bothers me, I have to manage the cons that come with my leadership style. So I am very happy to do one-on-one -on -one coffee. Um, I, but I'm not doing it all the time. Then I'll do it quarterly. Because it's not every day, but it's not a burden because I can do it quarterly. You can put it in my diary, you know, I'll, I'll, and, and there are certain things in the role, the senior you go, some of them you have to put them on. They don't come naturally, but, you know, remember in 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, John C. Maxwell says, someone came to him and said, and this is similar to this thing, yeah. tell me one thing that I must do in leadership, you know, and he said, that, let me tell you one thing about leadership. There is no one thing I can tell you about leadership. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it's that. There, there are a number of scenarios that works in leadership because yeah. it's the personalities at play. Who is the person you're leading in the first place? Who are you in the equation? So if I give you the one thing about relationship, it's going to be very subjective. It's my style of leading. But that might not work for your personality. So that's why I'm giving you all these different nuggets for you to come back and say, Okay, this can work. It could be check-ins. It could be, you know, it could be just hearing them out. It could be because people are not wired differently. Sure. Love it. Oh. <laughs> Does that make sense? But another thing that I wanted to mention, which, yeah. which might dive into the, the conversation around business, yep. is that because you asked the question around, um, you asked a very important question around, can a person bounce back? Yeah, yeah. And um, or what are some of the key challenges yeah. when you transition, which is now a, a conversation around business. I think one of the problems is that people don't know the business that they're leading. If it's a startup, it's easy. It's a startup. People know it's a startup because the business has been around for a year or, you know, two months or whatever. So everyone knows it's a startup. It's excitement. There's less resources. There's less processes. There's less um, tools. We're all trying to rally it. Beyond that, people stop, stop there. Now, the STARS model says a business is in the STARS model. A business is either a startup, which then it's a build-up, right? Yep. A business is either a turnaround. If it's a turnaround, it means it needs, it needs you to reposition it. It needs saving. So now, if you have got a job, maybe you're not an executive. Sure. You're a manager. Yeah. But if it's of a turnaround business, mm. even how you show up, for a turnaround. It's not how you work. Maybe you were working for a sustaining success business. And that means just, you know, sustaining success means just make sure that we keep at it. We keep accelerating. You know, you make sure that you make decisions, maybe slowly, so that you don't ruin this thing that has been going well. Mm. It means you've taken over from a, a leader who was very cosmetic, have done very well in their lives. So even as a manager, 
a business that is sustaining success will be very different to turn around. So going back to your tech guy, mm. if you are, and that's why I say there are many different elements. The yeah. tech guy, if it's in a turnaround, if they give you that vision that they have, turnaround means they don't have money. We are turning around. We can't be now throwing money into it. So you can also communicate those things to them. But if you yourself don't know that a business is a turnaround, then it's very difficult. Mm. If it's accelerating success, it means it's rapidly growing. There's expansions happening quickly. So it means even the people you hire are people who think quickly. And the people who've been around and they, you know, they know what to do. They've been doing it. You need people who are quick. You need entrepreneurs you know, in their own right. They're quick and they can think, you know, they're agile in their way of doing, right? Mm. So that's more of accelerating success. So where am I? Realignment. Then realignment, it's, it's similar to it, 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 it was successful before. And then something happened. Mm. So how do you bring it back to shape? So, for example, one of the CEOs I work with, is on his business is realignment. And um, how does he then show up differently? So now the business used to do well or some subsidiaries are doing well. So the issue is some people think we're in sustaining success, but some people are in a turnaround with the subsidiary. Mm. How do you change everybody's mind to know, even if you're winning in yours, your other sister is struggling. So how do we realign? How do you make sure that everybody works together? So I always say, even from an early on yeah, as a manager, yeah. it's very important to know, and you have to diagnose it yourself. Even the people that I work with, CEOs, I, I diagnose it and then I put it down. And then I close the book and I ask them to diagnose it. I give them the lay of the land in terms of what is what. Most, nine out of 10, they, they diagnose it right. And then I open my book and I show them they have diagnosed it right. And then we build because then it's like as a CEO or as a CFO, as a CEO or as a manager, you show up differently. So the reason why, what made you a success in another role and can be a liability, liability in another role, it's not only... Um, solemnly based on you as an individual. It's also based on where the where business, the business is. is. Yeah. So there are many ways to show up, right? As a person, a person. You might have been a person, a manager in a sustaining success where um, you've you've always worked for sustaining success businesses. So it always worked to show up the same. Yeah. Now you go to a different business and you're like, how come what I've done doesn't work here? Because the turnaround requires you to think differently. We're not in sustaining success here. We're not in. We're not making a lot of money where you can come up and just go with the flow. And no, now we need you to think on your feet. We need you to pivot. We need you to come up with different ideas. We need to have people in your team that you need to do. Maybe you need to do more team buildings that you did before. So that's why it's very difficult if you don't know how to diagnose your business in navigation and you don't know how to build relationships with your people. You and you don't know how to pivot for yourself. You will suffer. And sure. the three work hand in hand. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> we're, we're navigating transitions. We are really navigating transitions. We're really navigating. So, 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 so let's go back to the deep guy. Um, because we want to balance between early managers and the people who want right. to break into management, right? Um, I'm a young professional. I'm still an individual contributor. But I want to rebrand myself from being an individual contributor to be seen as a leader in the business or to start breaking into that leadership. Um, <laughs> how do I do it? What's the one thing I must do? <laughs> That's actually a very important question. That's a very important question um, because rebranding is actually what we spoke about in the, in the earlier conversation around um, um, diversifying. Okay. You know, when I said I was lecturing and I was telling the people that you're going to end up in different yeah, things, yeah. it comes with rebranding. So it you don't have to, what you studied and you end up, you know, maybe because, I mean, we look at unemployment right now. So sometimes you'll end up in a in an industry or sector or whatever where you don't want to be. It doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean that's the end of it. You have to stay there. If you're in mining, it doesn't mean you always have to be in mining. Yeah. 
you know, you can sort of move and go to FMCG. And you, ran away, you ran away from mining. I ran away from mining. Yeah. You were able <laughs> to run. Tech now. You tech? see. So, but that came with rebranding. So you have to reposition yourself. So I think one of the things, there's a lady called Kala Harris. Um, we, people can Google Kala Harris, very popular. Um, she, she, she speaks a lot about owning your pearls. You know, she made money. She, she, she made a lot of money in M&A, measures and acquisitions, worked for New York listed, um, stock exchange listed um, companies, have done big waves. And she speaks a lot about um, branding yourself. And she spoke about a story where when she was there, you know, she, she's a lawyer, she's, she's a woman, and people kept telling her, you're in New York, m and you want to get to the top, you have to be tough. And she said, I, I, didn't, I was a woman and I didn't know how to do that. And people kept saying, and there was a role she wanted. And someone told her, one of her sponsors, and we can talk about sponsors and mentors as well. One of the people talked about was, of her sponsors told her, you know, Carla, you're not tough enough. And she said, she did a very small thing in her rebranding. And I also share that a lot because it's a little things about rebranding. Because people, when you talk about rebranding, they think about how a business rebrands, right? Changing logos, changing, changing logos, names. names. Yeah. So they're thinking they need to change themselves completely. No, it's the little things that you do. And, and what I like about her story, she said... She changed the language. She changed the tone. So people used to present to her, for example, when they were going to do these big deals. Yep. So she said, and, and she said, it's something that she's done. But what she started to do, she started to say to the people, are you guys ready? You know I'm tough, eh? Oh. You know I'm tough. Are you ready? <laughs> and she said, I kept yeah, saying that, yeah. you know I'm tough, eh? And then she said, one day I'm on my way to the boardroom and there are two execs that are, they're, they're going to the boardroom. They don't see I'm behind them and they're going to, I don't know if they were presenting, I can't remember yeah. if they were presenting that day or whatever. And she said, she overheard them say, are you guys ready? You know she's tough, eh? She, you know she's tough. <laughs> and she thought, bingo. I have right, she, right, yeah. And then she got her job. She got her role mm. because it required her to be tough. So how do you, and the reason why I make that example is about when you want to rebrand yourself, you first, I keep going back to self-awareness. What is that thing you want to move to? How is it requiring it to show up? Sure. Then you have to rebrand according to how that thing is requiring to show up. Mm. So um, if it needs someone who's seen to know a specific thing at work, you need to change that in your language, right? So um, if people don't see that, oh, this person does not know anything about uh, I don't know, maybe manufacturing and you want to go to manufacturing or whatever, and you, you, maybe in supply chain. You need to start bringing in into the language more and more. And I spoke about it also. I think we had the mentorship and, and, and workplace at church, and I spoke yeah. about the fact that you can't, um, when you get promoted, you get promoted because you're already doing the thing. You're not getting promoted to start doing the thing. Oh. So people always want to get promoted. And then when they get, and I'm like, you can't be promoted, and then we teach you how to do the role. No. I wasn't a CEO because before I became a CEO now, but they can't hire someone who they have to teach how to be a CEO. I must already know what a CEO does in me leading a business, right? Ah. When I moved into the CEO role, it was, it was just a quick transition. Oh. It was a title and it changed from a big business unit to a business. So imagine now if I'm a, they're looking for a CEO, because otherwise that's why then people say you don't have the experience in the role, blah, blah, blah. So if you want to be a senior manager and you're a manager, what is a senior manager doing now? Do all of those things. Then when you get promoted, it's business as usual. So it's the same thing with the rebranding. You start, you start dressing up for where you are going, okay. dressing up for yes. where you are going, oh, so yeah. that when you get there, it's business as usual. Yeah. People want to be given positions or, or, or opportunities, and then they have to get there and learn. Yeah. That doesn't work. There's no time. When you get there... I mean, fine, you can learn a little bit, but you can't be learning the whole thing. And probably that's you know? why I was struggling so much, eh? Yeah. Because your model says 
let me have the transition in a before the transition. That's before right. Transition. That's right. Operating right. it before you're in it. Yeah, That's right. So that and and I think probably most of us are struggling because we, we don't gear up for it. Mm. We just want to throw ourselves into it. Then we're like, okay, uh, what do I need to do? Yes. Uh, and then yes. it's just a mess. And, and it's true even with life, right? You act like a boyfriend and she sees the boyfriend before she appoints you as a boyfriend, right? I love that. It's true. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. And and most, if you look at people you've worked with in organizations, if you think about, I mean, you, I mean, even junior people can see when someone is a bad leader or a bad manager or whatever. Yeah. If you think about those things, it's people who are promoted way too soon. Mm. Um, and I always say that for what you want, it comes with what you don't want. You know, there's, you want this, but there are things that you, maybe you're ready, you know, maybe you're ready for that job role, but you're just not re ready for the hours that you have to give mm. in that job. So be prepared, work those hours, you know, be prepared to work those hours and all of that so that it's easier. Mm. Yeah. This, so, so, yeah, I think pro probably, probably drawn to a close, right? Mm. My, 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 our, our interest for, specifically for this conversation is, is around the, what can be classified as the young professional, mm. The young talent and and what i love about how you handle the conversation is that from from where you are where it's, it's at an executive level mm -hmm. taking the lessons from there and trying to bring them down mm -hmm. to to young talent to mm -hmm. say okay this is how the space is this mm -hmm. is how the landscape is mm -hmm. the guys that you probably want to be like tomorrow this is what they're doing now. Exactly. Probably start. Exactly. Yeah. How do exactly. we then start bring? And and I think the the across the entire uh, conversation that we're having, you were dropping a lot of those, mm. and and that's one thing that I I, I truly appreciate. Mm. But probably, um, Mota also give you to bite on on the end. Just uh, you've said a lot, mm. but probably just that one last final thing that you you, you think is ex will hold everything together that the young professional should always have at the back of their mind as you know we're beginning to getting our wet feet in mm. corporate in business, mm. beginning to, to you know to begin to walk in the things that mm. we we always want to. What, what's this thing that we must always keep at the back of your head? But before you answer, I think Mota also bite. And then if you wrap it up. Yeah, please. Thanks for allowing me to close before she does. Because after here, I can't say anything. So uh, you're right, Jay. Because as we are going, I'm always trying to pull the conversation to the guy who's trying to break mm -hmm. in. Yep. To the guy who's just broken in. But I'm realizing with the last line right now that the things that we've been speaking about is that no matter where you are, you must start worrying and thinking about these things. Because you're not going to start the transition the day you're appointed as a manager. These are the things your managers are worried about. So if you start worrying about them as an individual contributor, you better prepare because you're already mm -hmm. operating in them. I think that was a nugget. Thank sure. you for that, CCP. Sure. Sure. So I think that's the takeaway for someone maybe who might be listening to sure. say, these are the things that are realities. They make and break our businesses. As an individual contributor, an observer of where you're still aspiring to be, start looking and looking for these things and worrying about them and seeing if I was there, how would I act differently? Mm. Um, because you are going there. Sure. And when you get there, it's not, it must not be the first time you sure. think about it. That's, That's a powerful right. thought. That's powerful right. thought. Powerful thought. Yeah, I think just to add on that, I'll say clarity is very important. Yeah. 
you know, I think clarity is very important for for individuals. Yeah. So be clear about where you're going so that you can make calculated moves. So you can read the right books. So you can listen to the right podcast. So you this can, one. This yeah, one. this one. This <laughs> is <laughs> the right podcast. And I think the last thing I'd say, carve your discipline. This is something that you will never have to not do. You will never not have to be disciplined. And the problem is discipline is Oof. a muscle. If you don't, if you have to try to be, to, to learn discipline at the top, it's very, very difficult because at the top, you should, you're supposed to have endurance, you know, you're supposed oh. to be now enduring that, that, that discipline as opposed to starting. Cause when you start, yeah. Cause when you're building the muscle, you requiring differently, you do it twice a week, you, you know, but when you carve it and you get to that level, now it's about endurance. And when you endure, it comes naturally. So even the things that are as a result of discipline, it becomes second nature. You're disciplined to wake up early. You're not struggling about the thing that's going to help you to then plan your day, which means then you are, you are set up for your life. You know what I mean? So I think carve your discipline now as a manager. Have clarity now. Work on self now. You'll never have to not do it at the top. What you don't confront <laughs> has the, the right, right to, to stay. stay. That's right. Ah, <laughs> oh, such a dangerous conversation. We are closing. But you, you said there's never a time where you will not... You have not, to do this. You will not not have to be disciplined. Yeah. That's right. And That's at right. the top, it's probably... You need it, but probably you need endurance more. You need That's endurance more. Because yeah. there's too much stress now. You can't be also trying to learn how yeah. to read books. You can't be, yeah. you know, trying to... You need not to know, I, on a weekend, I can read half a book or whatever. You know, and it needs to be a second nature. Right. Also, when you're younger, you've got more energy. Yeah. At the top, you are. It's more about endurance, and your time is split in many, many yeah, different ways. Yeah, so, yeah. carving your discipline is very important at an early age. That is, sis Ips, guys. Um, what a conversation! Thank you for having me. Uh, what a conversation! Thank you so much for coming through. What you did on this episode, I don't know how long it will take for us to recover. <laughs> um, so, thank you so much. Uh, you. Please, please do comment on the comment section. Um, tell us what you think about the conversation. Do throw uh, some questions and then we'll make sure we facilitate you getting proper responses. But thank you so much for catching this episode. I will see you on the next one. For now, I'm out. Ooh.